to episode 50, chapter 4 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Josh Havens. And I'm Chris Lamberth. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that he would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. Today, we're wrapping up our conversation with Justin Zarati, author of Made for These Times. Justin Zarati is the founder of These Numbers Have Faces, a social enterprise investing in the next generation of African leaders. After 10 years of running the organization, Justin successfully transitioned and is now the president of Giving Fuel, an innovative fundraising platform empowering thousands of organizations worldwide. He's the author of two books, Made for These Times and Doing Work That Matters. He holds a BA in Communication Studies from Westmont College and an MA in International Conflict Resolution from Portland State University. An obsessive soccer fan and weekend landscaper, Justin lives with his family in Portland, Oregon. When it comes to our callings, we often feel pressured to accomplish all that God has called us to as soon as possible. But this is what leads us to pursue the resume virtues and abandon the eulogy virtues of who we are. We feel that because we have been called, we must also be responsible for the results of our calling. But nowhere does God call us to produce a certain result. He calls us to obedience. And so in this chapter, Justin reminds us that often the best approach is one that emphasizes our relationships with people over trying to achieve results. And it's in these seemingly small actions we take in the everyday moments of life where the kingdom of God is able to break through into this world and bring us God's will. You know, you talk about all of this division that's going on right now anyway in, in the country, and it seems right now like, uh, we're, we're, by, by the way, we're not, necess- not going to talk about race. But uh, I want to talk about an issue that just has to do with this reconciliation. And, and it seems like the, the philosophy that you have gone about um, in reaching out to people and ministering to them, like you even said it earlier, like um, you, you learned early on during these trips to Africa that you had to like figure out that you weren't going to be like the white savior coming in and you decided just to make friends with people. I want to talk about your time in uh, uh, Northern Ireland because that was like, you, you spend a good chapter on that, uh, on that, that portion of your life. And um, it seems like that the lessons and and the stories from there, I think can really apply to us now because, um, you know, you're going into this area that has been like so incredibly divided Protestant Catholic, which is, you know, just a travesty in and of itself, just because that's the church and the church is, you know, fighting amongst itself. Um, but there was like, you were able to be accepted in as a Protestant into these Catholic, um, students' lives in a way that seemed extremely authentic. And so I wanted to talk, what was your philosophy and your method for going about like creating these friendships and just trying to uh, connect with them? Because I think that's really, really important for us right now. Yeah, totally. Um, Man, I just think, well, first, it was helpful that I was American because I wasn't exactly one of them, mm-hmm. even though I happened to be a, a, a Protestant. So I had a little bit of a, a, a leg up. But yeah, I was working in a a pretty intense Catholic neighborhood um, in South Belfast that has been known for a lot of uh, paramilitary activity. It's a pretty heavy IRA recruiting ground, at least in the past. Um, and, you know, in, in many ways, this this conflict is, isn't as much religious as it is political. So yes, they happen to identify 
religiously, but they're not out there in the street like throwing rocks over theology, right? Yeah, so yeah. it is about 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 politics and one group wanting a a United Ireland um, and then the other one wanting to stay as a part of Great Britain. And so it is really political, um, but it's been ingrained across religious, cultural, political lines. Um, but I think that my perspective of that or, or in that time, um, which is the same philosophy that I captured that I kind of built when I went to Africa and kind of went on from there and even now, um, it's just like relationships, 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 and that those lives change when you build connections with someone and that when you meet someone who is different than you, your perspective changes regardless, be it political affiliation, whatever else. I tell the story in the book about um, Daryl Davis, who is a black guy. He's a former really kind of famous jazz mu musician, and his calling was to befriend Ku Klux Klan members and like would sit down over beers with them and hang out and be and be, become friends and he would say like how can they know if they hate me if they don't know me and like the risk that he took to do that and then there's this really deep thing to it where he would in the end like the guys would give him their uh, clan robes and he showed there was a a, a PBS doc documentary on it and he showed in his closet like of like 90 clan worlds or something, which is like nuts <laughs> to have in your house. And, um, but, but that was guys who were like realizing like, oh, once I met Daryl, I think differently now about all this ideology and all. And so, um, so by no means am I a equating myself with, with that type of power, but, or, or, uh, just risk and courage and all the rest. But, um, when it came to Belfast and it came to South Africa and came to Rwanda and similar stuff that I was doing, it was just about that. It was about friendship. It was about relationships. It was about finding common ground. Frankly, I use soccer as a huge part of that. So um, sports is a great way to to break down barriers and make connections and uh, so many amazing stories, I think, with soccer, especially because it's so so uh, global of reconciliation that happens Um uh, the Ivory Coast national team stopped the civil war uh, because they said, look, like we're not going to play in the, uh, the uh, World Cup if you guys don't sort this out. And like that's powerful stuff yeah, that only sports yeah. can do. You know? And um, so I found that. I used that a lot in Belfast and same thing in South Africa. Um, so I think it was just about the focus, less about the mission, less about trying to achieve the thing, less about the resume stuff, man, and more about the, uh, the uh, eulogy. And it's just like, how do I deeply connect, deeply befriend with someone, meet them where they're at, uh, serve them in a really power, powerful way, and then kind of see what God does mm -hmm. through it. And uh, I think it's just, it's a great perspective to have as you go about your day, as you ride the bus, as you order pizza, as you walk around your neighborhood. And uh, I just think that's kind of, for us, like folks who are trying to live a normal life and who don't think that it's anything more than that, I think that's kind of where Christ calls us, mm. is in those basic interactions, daily interactions. As, I, as I've said, like people with good character return their shopping carts. And that's that's less about with like connecting to someone, but more of a metaphor of doing stuff that you maybe don't have to do, but you should do it. Yeah. And I think that's important. Yeah, absolutely. The, we like to call those, the, those are those everyday moments of life, you know, when nobody's looking, returning the shopping carts. That's great. <laughs> and and I like this, um, I, I like this too, because it, and maybe this is just me. I think other people probably could relate, but I'm definitely this kind of guy. If it's like, if I'm going to do something, like there's a mission, um, I'm all about the destination, not the journey. So like, I want to get there as fast as I possibly can. So like, if 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 I'm in your shoes reading this, right, you're, you're playing with some of these young men out there on the, the soccer field. And it's like, you know, there's sort of like a, maybe a, a, a door opens and 
like in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is it. I got to hammer it home. I got to get everybody saved, right? <laughs> I've got to bring about, you know, all of the reconciliation right here in this, in this moment. And uh, like some of your reactions that you, you wrote, I remember thinking like, whoa, he just really just took that to like, and made it like a teachable moment, right? Like, I think it was when you were, um, some kids were talking about, you know, some of the Catholic kids or, or whatever, like some of the kids on the other side were beating them up and you had mm-hmm. asked them like, yeah, but weren't you throwing rocks at them the other day? And it was just like, <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. Like, you know, like, it, I think there's something really, really important to be said. And again, I'm trying to, t- I'm, I'm learning this from you is to say, you know, it, we don't have to run the ball. I'm going to, oh man, I'm going to mess up the metaphors. We don't have to run the ball <laughs> over the end zone <laughs> into the end zone. We don't have to, we don't have to, to make the goal, right? Like yeah. we can just simply do our part and let God take care of those results in yeah, that man. case. And so, because again, we've got to play the long game here. We're, we're not, totally. we're not the savior of the world. We can't make this thing happen. We can simply be faithful to whatever God yeah. has called us to do in the moment. Which, I mean, that's exactly what Paul is saying in, in uh, 1 Corinthians when he says, I, wa- I, uh, I planted Apollos watered, God made it grow, though. Mm-hmm. And so often, yeah. I mean, going all the way back to the beginning of this thing, we can get wrapped up in our, uh, we can get our identity wrapped up in our doing. And if we're not the ones producing the growth, somehow, again, we're less than. We're not as important. We're not as significant in the process. Uh, but if we can step back and recognize God is the one who is leading and guiding this, he's the one that's providing the growth, yeah. we get the pleasure of enjoying the relationship and allowing him to work in the mm-hmm. middle of that. Mm. It's such a fascinating evangelical paradigm thing that we've all dealt with and you know, church growing up and family members, and it depends on what you believe in this space, of course, but there's so much theology in it. But like, you know, who is the one, like who actually goes into someone's heart and and softens it and does the work who actually brings someone toward god makes them realize that they are loved no matter all the crap that they've done like mm-hmm. man it's not us mm. it is not us and like the like the holy spirit moves in ways so beyond us and i don't know where i think it's a, a american kind of individualistic type of mentality i don't know where it comes from but we kind of have like the the thing of like you must get them to say the special prayer, yeah. like push them <laughs> yeah. to repeat after me or whatever it is, you know, and I'm not against that. Like, I, you know, but yeah. there is this weird, I don't know where, it, it, I think it's from like 1950s on kind of based on our own American ideals and like whatever it is um, that somehow we think that like we're really responsible. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and we, and we also put so much um, emphasis on our delivery. Mm-hmm. Like we, like, like we have to say it right. And only if we say it right, will they be convicted in a way that will make them repent of their sins. And like, we put so much weight on ourselves and that kind of thing. And not only is that stressful and anxiety ridden and fearful, um, man, I, I think it's just amazing. Like when we can let go again and like, let God do what he does, let the, let the whole, the Holy spirit, move in the ways that it does and you're faithful you are vulnerable you share where you're at you invite people into relationship and you let god do his thing the amount of people that i've gotten to kind of share with their convictions and the way that they've eventually come to christ and realizing that like um and again i'm not putting myself in this at all like i've just like showed up and like been vulnerable with like my own crap and like that almost is what 
was helpful in them to finally like get there on their own in their own time and hearing their own conversion stories, if you will, um, that gosh, it's just him moving. And our goal is to just be there for it. And it's why I'm such an advocate, man, for like just building relationships with people who are different than you, because that's where stuff happens. And you think about all the really complex political issues, be it LGBTQ stuff, race stuff, red versus blue, like all these really dangerous issues that we talk about, man. And like, where does God move in that? You are never going to convince someone on friggin' Facebook that like your view is better (laughs) based on whatever. It just isn't going to happen. And some of the best friendships that I have are with folks who I like, I like, I, I do not agree with you on this important thing. But man, like our friendship is so real and so authentic. And like, I just think that's where he moves. So like, I don't know, man, that's like the way that I kind of think evangel- evangelism works. Some folks will say that's like cowardice and maybe that's true. And I'm willing to be proved wrong in that space. But man, I just feel like it's about the friendship. And I think that, yeah, what you're mentioning, um, the verse in, was it first Corinthians? Yeah. Um, is so important. And it, we somehow kind of just like skip over that and think like, no, like I've got to be the guy that, like makes the slam dunk. And I just, just don't know if that's it, you know? Oh, well said. Well said. Uh, Justin, where can people go to get a copy of your book and find out more about what you, what you're doing? I don't know if you want to plug what you're doing now. Shameless or, plug. Yeah. Shameless plug time. Let's <laughs> yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Made for these times. Um, yeah. Is, is available kind of at every major bookseller. So from Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, I'd recommend Powell's any, you know, in, de- independent bookstores, but of course on Amazon, it's like $6 or something. So I get it. I've been but, to Powell's. Um, That's great. It's amazing. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, cool. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, anywhere you can buy the book there, both in, I think it's on, uh, what's it called audio as well as a hard or a, or a regular book. Um, they did make it on CD, hmm. which I was like, why on earth did you produce this thing on a CD? And I've seen the sales on it. Like they are abysmal. Like, why would you make this thing on a CD? But they did. They so did. anyway, you could buy it there too if you want a, a CD for your car. Um, yeah. And then um, my work today uh, is at uh, Giving Fuel, uh, which is givingfuel.com. And then uh, the, the organization that I was the founder of, These Numbers Have Faces, that I am still involved in on uh, kind of a advisory level is thesenumbers.org. Great. Well, thank you so much, Justin. Man, this has been a great conversation. Uh, learned a lot from you. Everybody's got to go check out this book. Uh, it is super readable and you're going to get a lot from it. It's just packed with some great stories. And so, uh, again, thank you so much for your work and uh, everything that you're doing. Thanks, guys. The discipleship lifestyle really is about the everyday moments of life. I hope this conversation with Justin has given you a lens through which to look at those moments. Really, all of our work is made or broken by our identity and our relationships. And if we know who we are in Christ, we find freedom from trying to create an impressive resume. If we surround ourselves with people who can encourage us, and we in turn invest in the people around us, we find more fulfillment in life. The trouble is that we get caught up in our work at times and lose focus of the people around us we're called to serve. Like the old joke goes, teaching would be great if it weren't for all these students. Before we can move on to great big projects and work, we have to remember that in the kingdom of God, our lifestyle begins with knowing our identity and walking with others in the everyday moments of life. As we're faithful in those relationships, 
the everyday moments begin to add up to a lifetime of faithful service. It's almost cliche at this point, but really, if we can't be faithful in the relationships and the everyday moments, we will never find fulfillment in that big thing we're looking for in life. So today, I want to challenge you to focus on those everyday moments. As you go to the store, smile and invest in the people that you meet. As you work, be kind and loving towards your coworkers and let these everyday moments of life flow out of a recognition that in Christ, you have all you need and that you belong to him. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Justin's work, check out justinzarati.com. Then check out the next chapter in our conversation, where Chris and I reflect on our conversation with Justin and how we've tried to work on our own resume and eulogy virtues. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.